Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome aboard the National Football Show. Your boy, Dan Cilio. You feel it? Mm, football season is here, man. Exhibition football right around the corner. Next couple days, we're going to get a ton of it. We're going to have a lot of storylines, too. And as we're going into training camp, we're also getting a lot of storylines that are coming out of these camps as teams are right now at 90 players on a roster, okay? That's what you go to camp with. And you pair that down to 53. And that's who you're going to do battle with as we get ready for the upcoming season. Got in less than, what, two months? We got the start of the NFL season, first week in September. We're getting ready to rock and roll here. So, team's got a lot of storylines. And I saw a show last night that gave me great ammo. You know what? I got to tell you, I am a creature of content, good and bad. Like, watch this. If the Philadelphia Eagles go 17-0, and it's a great story. If the Eagles go 0-17, it's an even better story. Okay? That's where I am. That's how I look at content. What's ever good and compelling and makes you lean forward, you know? That's what I'm all about. I I love it. And last night, I I saw Mike McCarthy on Hard Knocks. You know, I mean, dude... We had Marty Caldner, and if you missed that interview, please go back on the Jacob Media Channel, National Football Show, and you can listen to that interview that we did. Marty Caldner is the creator of NFL Hard Knocks. He was the guy that started the whole thing, put the format together, the whole blueprint of it all, sold it to the NFL, and the NFL bought it hook, line, and sinker, right? And the one thing that he said when we had him on a couple weeks ago, he was saying this, God, we're just, we just try to want everybody just to be as natural as possible. So here's Mike McCarthy last night, and I'm not going to use all the F-bombs. This guy dropped about 1,000 F-bombs. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you my impression. And, you know, from what I understand, Mike McCarthy wasn't this guy when he was in Green Bay. And last night, I'm, I'm like, who is that guy? And I realized it was McCarthy, the head coach of the Cowboys. Cowboys are being featured on Hard Knocks this year. This ain't the effing place that you're going to have losers. <laughs> I got Here, I'm going to tell you how NFL veteran guys think about a guy like that. This, this, this is going to be a year of champions. 
under, under their breath, they're going, this guy, Newt Rockney? He give me one of these Rockney speeches? It's the first week of training camp. This is what we're going to do. We're going to make sure we get everything. And this guy's playing clearly for the camera. And you're sitting here going like this. If you're in that room right now, you're going like this. Man, this guy ain't proven shit yet. That guy ain't done anything in the Cowboys. I don't care what he did in Green Bay. Dude, you had Brett Favre and you had Aaron Rodgers and you won one Super Bowl? I don't know. Two of the greatest players in the history of the position and you're fumbling around with losing NFC Championship games. You're one and three in NFC Championship games. And you're telling me, this is how we're going to do it. The Cowboys are going to be, we're going to be front and center. And you're like, oh, my God. What a dope. You know, of all the coaches that are on the hot seat, I'm going to name you a few here. McCarthy's got to be. Here, look, Jerry's not going to want to do this. Because remember who hires the coach. See, this is the dynamic that really kind of cripples Jerry. When Jerry sees a mistake, the mistakes are usually his. And he's got to rectify them, and he doesn't like to do that because that's admitting failure. When you put yourself out there as GM, you can't make critical decisions. You can't make them as fast as you need to. So what happens? That scab stays open, and you don't put a Band-Aid on it, and it doesn't get a chance to heal because you're still trying to heal your ego and how to deal with your ego. The decisions that are made in Dallas are usually a year or two too late. Why in the hell would you keep Ezekiel Elliott on your team for $20 million? Is Zeke a $20 million player? Honestly, watch this. You'd say this. Well, he's a good football player. But you think Ezekiel Elliott, that running back, is a $20 million guy. Like, would you put him ahead of Alvin Kamara? I mean, Derrick Henry in Tennessee doesn't make that much money. He signed the uh, franchise tag for $14 million. He's the best back in the game. You think that guy, hey, he ain't $20 million bucks. Jerry should have cut him. He'll cut him next year. And it's not because he doesn't like the kid. It's because of the money. Look at Amari Cooper farting around all over that cowboy organization. That guy's a $20 million. Again, another decision that should have been made because the reason he doesn't do it is because, why? He made a trade with the Raiders and gave up a one for him. <laughs> you, you See, I said this to you about the New England dynasty and how the New England dynasty was able to survive all them years. Bilicek didn't give a crap about who you were. That's why he never got like all in love with his players. He always fell in like with his players. How many times did you see him move a dude the year before you went, Man, that guy's still got a lot of football left in him. That's when he moved the guy. Then he gets to that place, has a year and a half, and he's finished. Richard Seymour got rid of his ass. Richard Seymour's probably a pro football Hall of Fame DT. Got rid of Chandler Jones. That was a mistake. Bill needed picks, though. Traded his ass to Arizona. Probably one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. That was a mistake. I say to this day that was a mistake because the Patriots clearly could use a pass rushing defensive end. Some of them guys that got on their team right now can't get anybody on the ground. Oh, and by the way, stop drafting Bama guys. They don't really star all that much in the NFL. Take a look at the Hall of Fame over the last couple of years. Go down to the U, baby.
Miami's had seven since 2002 go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And next year, Devin Hester, Reggie Wayne, and Andre Johnson are going in. Come on, man. You got to recruit the right schools. Don't recruit Alabama. They're good players, not great players. Who's a great player from Bama? Julio Jones? Derrick Henry? Okay. Thank you. I got him on one hand. All good. <laughs> All good. Hey, don't worry. I'm getting fired up for the first week of Labor Day. It's Bama, Miami. So know this, that I'll be throwing trash out towards Bama as we're getting closer towards that game. So if, if you hear me starting to bark, more trash. Oh, and my top 16 came out, my power top 16 from the National Football Foundation and the Football Writers Association of America. I have my pro power 16 up on my Twitter page at Dan Cilio Show. And yes, I was easily bought off because Dabo Sweeney did my show here on the National Football Show. So you can imagine who's number one. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Yeah, I'm watching Mike McCarthy last night and I'm going, who is this guy cussing like this, like a sailor? That's the face of the Cowboys as coach. Wow. I was really disappointed with his performance. If I were to get if I were gonna give him rotten tomatoes, I'd be like this. Hey, dude, you got about six rotten tomatoes for that performance last night. That was a stinker. Jerry's guy's not good in for hey man. You know, Dan Campbell in Detroit's better. Hey man, you sons of bitches, you better play this year. I thought he was William Money from Un Unforgiven. I'll come back and kill every one of you sons of bitches. Honestly, man, I thought he was William Money. Better treat Ned right. <laughs> you better treat him right. You better not go after any whores. I love Unforgiven. One of my favorite movies. One of my favorite lines of all time. Hey, man, or I'll come back and kill every one of you sons of bitches. It's great. Great movie. Eight. That's what I was thinking I was watching with Mike McCarthy on Hard Knocks. Hey, I'll cut every one of you sons of bitches if you don't play hard in 2021. I started laughing at the thing. I, I was like, this is embarrassing, man. Jerry's over in the corner eating McDonald's and a Happy Meal. You see the amount of salt that guy? Hey, my boy Krause, he, he, has, he eats like mountain oysters and stuff for his health now. You know, I mean, this guy eats special things, kidney beans and kidneys and hearts and mountain oysters. And Jerry's pounding the salt on the Happy Meal. He's like, yeah, man, my Egg McMuffin, this thing needs it really good here. This guy drives in the line over at the McDonald's to stand in line to get a Happy Meal or an Egg McMuffin in the morning. Dude, this guy's got a flip phone and drives through a drive-thru at McDonald's. It's classic. I love it. This guy's got a $6 billion team. <laughs> oh, excuse me. They're beef balls. Thank you. Just keep it score here. We want to make sure we're accurate here on the Cilio show because we dig we do get accused of not being accurate at time. They're not mountain oysters. They're beef balls. Just to keep score here. How you done? All right. Yeah, so Mike McCarthy. I don't think he ends up getting fired this year. But I would say this about McCarthy. Bro, if you don't have a winning season this year and at the end of the season, that team is 7-10, and 10, and that thing just starts falling all over itself again. Hey, and I don't think you're any better than you were a year ago. You got the kid from Penn State? Okay, you needed a safety. You needed cornerbacks. You needed to find people that could stop the pass and the run. 
As I said to you before, nine of the 11 guys on that defense needed to be replaced. You replaced one of them, really. I don't, hey, I'm going to say it again. Dallas, they're going to float around 500 again. And the reason they're going to float around 500 is because Dak's back. It's the only reason. Let me throw another coach at you here. So Matt Nagy in Chicago. So Matt Nagy's like, you know, hey, you know, we're, we got Andy Dalton as our starter. Why? Bro, you, you of all coaches in the NFL, the sand dial is starting to run out with the sand. You know that little thing you turn over? That's your job to piss. That's your, that's your job depending on you making the right decision. That sand is just about out of the top of the jar here. Okay, people keep telling me you're a hell of a coach. Really? We'll make a hell of a decision here. Andy Dalton? Wow. Is that a job-saving move? Or do you think playing the rookie Justin Fields is the job-saving move? Know this. Anytime you put money on a football field, you're saving your job. Wins won't. Lovey Smith was nine and seven one year there, and they fired him in Chicago. I want to throw a stat at you too. Do you know the Chicago Bears? I want you to listen to this. Everyone listening to me right now, that's listening, following along, everybody. Okay, know this: the Chicago Bears have not had a All-Pro quarterback. Since Sid Luckman in 1950. 1950 is the last time they had an all-pro quarterback. 1950. They don't produce him there. They don't know how to coach him there. They've never really had a guy. Why don't you put Fields in? Say You're giving them the money. And, and, and when you hear this, well, we promised Andy Dalton, you know, get it. There's no promises in the NFL. Coaches are liars. Hell, you could lie to a player. He's expecting you to lie to him. He is. Coaches are expecting you to go back on your word. They know that. They're always going to go back on their word because they can't be honest because you know why? We all work for somebody in the world. Front office, everything. Like I said about Philadelphia, and by the way, all the things that are said about Philadelphia, I had a guy, you know what I had a guy tell me about Philadelphia and working in Philly now? General managers make play call selections. Owners make play call selections. People in the front office tell you who to play, who not to play. Now, personally, I think they tried to clean that up this year, and that's why you're seeing Nick Sirianni get an opportunity to have a little bit more latitude in his coaching searches when he went out and looked for guys to bring in. And on top of that, I think they've backed off that. Because if you ran Doug Peterson, who had one of the most successful eras of Eagle football out of the building, three years removed from a Super Bowl, that's a you thing. Doug's going to get another job. And God forbid if you have two coaches play, uh, coaching in the NFL, Andy Reid, and say Doug goes somewhere else and wins another Super Bowl, say he goes to New York and he coaches the Giants. Say he goes somewhere else. Say he goes to Dallas, and he coaches the Cowboys. I mean, you don't want to see that guy roll into something. Say he goes to Seattle after Pete Carroll retires. Pete Carroll, he'd be a great coach in, in uh, Seattle. Defensive-minded kind of guy in a way. Wants to build with tough defense, 
running the ball, intermediate passing game. Doug would be a great fit in there. But Matt Nagy, come on, dog. I think you got to play your guy, man. You got to play the kid, play him. Zach Taylor, I had to look up who the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals was. Reason why I think it's significant is because they got Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's not feeling it after he got injured last year, and they're saying that he's lagging. That's going to be a common trait. Really, I didn't even know who the head coach of the who of the Bengals was. I knew it was Zach something. I didn't know it was Zach Taylor. Who's Zach Taylor? Never heard of him. But here's the thing with the Browns, or excuse me, the Bengals. The Bengals are not going to just start firing coaches and start paying coaches who they still owe money to. They're an organization that counts every nickel that they spend. And they're not big. They let contracts run out. They're not going to pay three or four coaches like you see in Dallas or you see in some of these other joints. Like Philadelphia paying two coaches at once. That's not going to happen in Cincinnati with the Bengals. But I do think it's a decent job. And I think that you're going to see Joe Burrow have some say in whether or not Zach Taylor, if that team gets out to like a horrible start again and you're closing in on the halfway point and you've got one or two wins, you're going to get some feedback and input from, in my opinion, Joe Burrow. I hear he connects with him very well. Joe likes him. There's a good connection there. So the, they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out, I think. But Zach Taylor, I don't know. I don't watch this. I don't. Hot seat? I don't even know who he is. Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. Think he's on the hot seat? Well, he's the worst coach in the NFC West. And that's not a bad thing. Now, I'm, I'm going to go down the list of those coaches that are in the West, though. I'm going to show you something here and where he is. Arizona, by the way, we're going to talk to Howard Balzer, our NFL Hall of Fame insider from Sports Illustrated. That'll be in hour number two. He is in Phoenix, and he goes to the practices. I think Cliff's on the firing line here. He's got to win. You're in a division right now where you can make some noise, and I'm going to show you how you can make some noise here. And he's got a good player in uh, Kyler Murray. I think the team has improved. You ended up making a move. Steve Kine, the general manager, he ended up getting DeAndre Hopkins in there. Now you're bringing J.J. Watt in there. You got Chandler Jones on the football team. One of the top pass rushers, like I said. It's a good football team. They need to run the ball better. Larry Fitzgerald is probably your number three right now, but that's okay. It's, it's a solid football team. How about this? That's, that could look like a 10-7 team. It's a good look. It, they're, they're not bad. I mean, could that be a 9-8 and eight team? Yeah, it could be something like that. They're going to win ball games. How about this? The Cardinals are going to win ball games that they shouldn't, and they're going to lose ball games that they shouldn't. But what do you do with Kingsbury? Is he on the firing line? I would say this to you. Yeah, a little bit. Got to show improvement this year. But let me throw you in the NFC West here. So let me, let, me, let me show you what two coaches did in that division to ensure their job security. Watch this. Let's start with Sean McVay. So Sean McVay, when he first got in the NFL and he became the coach of the Rams, this is with Jared Goff. Follow me here. They had the number one offense in the NFL. Wonderful. Calling him a super coach, one of the great young new innovators, right? Remember? Second year, they go to number two. Damn good. One, two, first two years. When you're talking total offense, 
team is a Super Bowl contending team, got to the game itself. I mean, right? Got out coached by Belichick. That's not a bad thing. So your first two years, you're this, one, two in the NFL. Everyone's starting to go like this. Wow, this guy, he's a special player when it comes to putting players on the field and on his roster. This guy's a special coach. All of a sudden, in the third year, what happens? What happens in the third year? You start looking at it, and you're like, number 11 in offense. I would say to you this, okay, well, you know, a little bit outside the top 10. You're starting to go downhill. I personally think it had a lot to do with Todd Gurley not being able to run the ball. But th- this, is how, this is how your star can fall. I'm going to show you. Do you know what they were last year offensively? They were 22 in the NFL. The Rams were 22. So what did McVay do? Okay. He used Jared Goff as a fall guy. He said, this guy here, I got to get a different guy. So what did he do? He went out and got the least accomplished quarterback with the biggest hype. When it comes to quarterbacks in Matthew Stafford and brought him in because he's feeling it a little bit, is he not? Think of that for a minute. You go from one to 22 inside of four years in offense. You had to use somebody as a fall guy. This guy's got a horrific, I think he's like 75 and 90 something as a starting quarterback, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford's won nothing. You know, actually, we're talking about Andy. Andy Dalton's actually got a better record. He does. Carson Palmer has a better record than than what Matthew Stafford does. So, I mean, he had to do something. Same thing with Kyle Shanahan. What's happened? You know, when Jimmy Garoppolo is not on the field, do you know that Kyle Shanahan has an under 500 record as a head coach in San Francisco? So these two... These two coaches, Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, we've been told the last couple of years, oh, my God, play calling. These guys are the new look, what the NFL is all about. And, you know, yeah, but what did they do? Smart. You know what they did? They knew they had to save their job, and they didn't want anybody barking at them or any of the wolves starting to howl for their gigs. So what did Shanahan do? Shanahan moved up to two, or excuse me, up to three to take Trey Lance. Now you've got Trey Lance, and you've got Jimmy Garoppolo in the room. And Kyle Shanahan, he did all that for job security. What you don't want to have happen is you don't want to be one of these coaches. You build a roster up for the next dude. So Shanahan and McVay, this offseason, they used their current quarterbacks that they had, Jared Goff now with the Lions, and Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been a pro, by the way, through this whole tire-kicking scene by John Lynch, the GM. These two guys here are angling. And don't think players in that locker room don't know it. Now, if you're a player in those locker rooms, though, you are doing this. Watch. Hey, man. They are trying to win. They are are trying to win, but they're also trying to save their gigs. That's why those moves were made. Those moves were made because people started doing this. Hey, Kyle, when are you going to win again? Now, get it. He went to a Super Bowl a couple years ago. But nobody cares. Hey, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl a couple years ago and got fired. That is your litmus test from now on moving forward. When someone says something to you, 
this guy had a winning record a couple years ago. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl a few years ago, and it's been blown out. So don't tell me about Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay. They fired a Super Bowl champion coach in Philly. They could fire your ass as well. I want to continue on this list here. Also, we talked with Frank Reich today, and we've got some great news when it comes to Carson Wentz and the Colts. We'll do that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Where no wussies are allowed. I'll explain. 
I'll hit on Carson Wentz here in a second. Finish up. These NFL coaches going into the 2021 season, they better do something this year. Or the fan base and the owners are got to be saying, when, when are we going to win? But the wussification of America continues by certain people in this country. And I've always said that I hope it stays out of sports. Can't. You know, we got idiots kneeling and people protesting and, you know, whatever. Not that I care because I don't pay attention to that. I, I don't tune on sports. Like, you don't tune on me to sit here and give you political speeches. Oh, you should vote for this guy. Because I was a water boy for my wife's rugby team over the weekend. Like, I'm some expert. <laughs> okay? Honestly. Be shocked who's on the air who's giving you the advice that you're taking. I think you'd be stunned. Most of these guys didn't even get through community college. Not that that's a bad thing, because it is a great thing that you could go to community college. But some of these guys worked at a 7-Eleven, and you're like, you know, we're a big sports talker or a news talker. Take the vaccine. Oh, no, no, don't worry, I'm not going there. But the wussification is continuing. And see, what the lamestream media is trying to do is they're trying to get into the sports world. They can't. Why is that? Well scoreboard you can't change the scoreboard of a game see that's why i was always involved in sports that had a scoreboard and clock and i didn't want to be involved in a sport that had dudes sitting over there judging on me because that's politics it's like a beauty contest well i think that this is kind of why it rubs me wrong a little bit and i even vote on a very important poll for college football and I still think that's bad. I want to play it out, man. Make a tournament like the NFL has. What, what are preseason polls for? Really? Whatever. So the NFL Rules Committee came down with something. I know some of the rules were stupid. We'll get Rich McKay on, who's the chairman of the competition committee. Rich and I have been friends a long time. And Rich is the president of the Atlanta Falcons. He drafted me, actually, when he was the GM of the Bucks. So we've been friends a long time. Yes, his legendary father is John McKay, former Buccaneer and USC head football coach. So now there's a new rule. If you make a play on a receiver or you're a receiver, you can't get up and you can't jaw with the guy anymore. You know, I want to show you this too. My, my daughter won a ninth place ribbon at a rugby tournament. A couple of years ago, she looked over at me. She goes, Dad, it's ninth place. Watch what I do with it. I was so, this was one of the greatest moments of my life. My daughter took that ninth place ribbon and threw it in the trash can. I looked over at her and I go, That's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. She's like, Dad, I'm not doing it. I said, Right. Nobody wants participation medals. Nobody wants any participation medals. And she goes, You know, you always, because you always tell me if you make it to the podium, right? You make it to the podium, top three. Hey, man, you've won. Because the rest of that stuff is all subjective. It's all good if you get to the podium. So the NFL doesn't want any kind of, like, jawing. You know, they, they really are the no-fun league. You know? So you can't hit receivers. You can't jaw at receivers. You can't hit your lame-ass quarterbacks. Uh, maybe this is coming from a defensive type of guy. But, I mean, really, man, 
You're just making it so open for all these tool bags to do whatever they want to on the field and make complete asses of themselves. We don't want any kind of celebrating because we don't want anything to show up. Sportsmanship. Sportsmanship. Okay, what sportsmanship? You know what sportsmanship is to me? Any means necessary to win a ball game. I don't care what that means. If that means the gray bar line, whatever, I'm there. If that means, here, I'll give you, a, for instance, what offensive linemen do, and you guys can't see it to the sports fan's eye. You know what most offensive linemen do? Here, watch this. Here's, here's an offensive lineman. He puts his hands out like this, right? The referee stands behind him, and he'll stand either over here or over here. So what does the guy do? When he pump, punches out at you like this, and he's punching out, if the ref's over here, he'll take this hand, put it under here, pull you down, and hold you this way. You go over to the ref. Hey, this guy's pulling me down. Do you not see it? Jesus Christ, this guy's got three hands on me. One is yours. Can you help me? Ref will go to the other side. He'll even show the hand. He'll start showing hands. He'll punch with this hand. Grab, pull. Same crap. Is that cheating? No. That's that's gamesmanship to me. Spygate. Gamesmanship. Bountygate. Gamesmanship. Oh, that's right. Wait a minute. I got to do something here. Because some of you can't take that. Yes, there are things that go on in the NFL that aren't above board. Stepping on offensive linemen's hands so they don't grab you. You know, if he gets out of hand, all you do with his hand in the mud, you step on his hands as hard as you can and you're hoping you break his fingers. Oh my God, what kind of sportsmanship is that? <laughs> I think it's the grandest. Yeah, but that that's not really sportsmanship. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you fight by the Queensbury rules when you're like, you're one of these pugilist guys, you know? Hey, no left hands, there were no rabbit punches. <laughs> Ali was notorious for hitting people in the back of the head. Clutching and holding and hitting at the same time. He was notorious for it. Mike, Mike Tyson was notorious, along with Evander Holyfield, for headbutting. When they're in the clinch, boom. Why do you think they help? Why do you think they buzz their hair like that? Boom, boom, like sandpaper around your head. They're trying to cut you open. Oh, but that's that sportsmanship. <laughs> sportsmanship. Oh, because you know why? You know what people like to see at the end of games? Congratulations, great game. Uh, you never catch me doing that. Never catch me shaking somebody's hand after a 60-minute ball game if I didn't know you. Now, if somebody comes up to you, you're not going to be a complete tool bag. Hey, man, all right, go good. But most of the guys you know anyway, you see them in the offseason. Hey, that was a great game we played. Tensions run high after those games. People say crazy things. Sportsmanship. Now you can't bark if you make a good play on somebody. I love that stuff. I, I, I don't like it when you're jamming your finger in someone's face and stuff, okay? Then you're crossing the – again, it's about crossing the line. But you know what the NFL wants to have? The, they they want to have you do this. This sport is a sport played by gladiators. Men of sportsmanship. 
Men who care about the opponent. Men who go about their business to battle for 60 minutes. You think you're listening to John Facenda again, right? And when everyone's like this, here, let me give you a little insight about sportsmanship too. So, you know, when you, when you get ready for a game, I'm going to show you this. I don't know if you know any of this stuff on what NFL players do to this day. So here, get your shoulder pads. When you show up to a Sunday and you're showing up, say we'll take the Eagles versus the Cowboys. And I'm Fletcher Cox. I'll show up to the link. And there's my shoulder pads all done already. Back in the day, I had to do it. But the equipment guys today do it. You know what they do? So they'll get reversible tape. They'll put it all over your shoulder pads. And what they'll do is they'll put your jersey over it. Then they take Vaseline. So I don't touch your jersey. Put Vaseline all over your jersey. Then they'll spray it with silicone. Now, this is when you don't have it on. You're spraying it yourself, too. So you've got petroleum jelly and you have silicone on it. So when you grab it, you can't grab it. That's why you see a lot of the jerseys now that are up high because they don't want those old-style jerseys any longer where a guy can grab this right here. Here's something else they do. So what Fletcher will do also is he'll put stickum on his gloves. Bang! When I grab you, got to pull the front of your jersey right off you, man. Guy like that. I've seen a guy so strong before. I saw a guy pull a face mask off a guy's helmet. You get that stickum on your hand with some of these guys that are big-time beasts. Guys that are 590-pound benches or 600-pound benches like Big Sills. Man, I pulled in front of a jersey right off a guy before. Grabbed him, bam, yanked that thing right off him. So gamesmanship. But we want to have the perception. The point is, as I'm making here, they changed the rule for perception so everyone will think the league is thinking about, you know, character and all this other stuff. I like the jawing. I like the barking. There are so many things. By the way, if it gets a little little rainy, hey, maybe I'll cheat and I'll do the two-inch cleats. Referee, come over to you and go, change those cleats. How many times I've had that happen to me? <laughs> a bunch of t- Hey, those cleats are too high. Change them, please. Why? The, the league doesn't like that. Ha- I don't know why, but we have to change them if they're too high. Like inch and a half, I think, is the most you can play with. Yeah. The league used to have rules like this. They used to have rules where you would be fined 50 bucks if your socks fell down. And they used to give us bibs that if your shirt came out, it was another $50 fine. So they gave you a bib that connected to your jersey and it went through your legs and you had to have that bib on. That's why when you see this stuff going on with these these superficial rule changes like this, don't talk trash. Oh, It's just a wussification of America. (laughs) It really is, dude. It is. It just do everything above board and sportsmanlike. Holy cow, man. All right. Let me where was I? Okay. So Cliff Kingsbury, we're talking about coaches. And we went through, I said McCarthy of Dallas. Um, I said Matt Nagy of Chicago Bears. 
Zach Taylor, Cincinnati, Cliff Kingsbury. These are going to be some of the guys that are going to be on the firing squad when it comes to coaches that could be actually picked off um, as we go through the season or maybe even after the season when it comes to not getting the job done with their respective teams. I'm going to throw this at you too. Do I think Joe Judge in New York is in trouble? I don't think so. And all you're hearing is people in New York going, oh, man, Joe, he's got the pulse of the team that he did not. Phil Sims yesterday came out and completely has the back of, of Joe Judge. Oh, this guy's got it, man. He's a, he's a good – yeah, you know what, though, dude? Phil, you got to win, man. You got to win in New York. That NFC East, you've got to win. Look at, look at what they did with Riverboat Ron Rivera. Ron came in his first year. He won a division title. That's the impact you're looking at when you come into that division. You don't think people are going to be looking at Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia? I mean, look, rock, paper, scissors wasn't a fine start for the guy. Not that I care about that. But he knows it, too, going into Philly. This ain't going into Tennessee. You're going into an NFC East team, the Tiffany division of the NFL. You think the NFL wants that division looking the way it does right now? That division is the worst division, and yet it's the most visual division and highest rated division in television. And it can't keep sucking like that. You've got the highest paid player in it. I don't know that's going to change the dynamics of that division, but you got to perform in that division. It's not the NFC South. It's not the AFC North. It's the NFC East. All the major population of the country is in that neck of the woods there. Big ratings, big brands. Can't stink like this. So Joe Judge, I don't know. I say this. How many years? What's this? How many years has he been there? Two? I don't know. Who is he? Oh, that's right. He came from New England. Vic Fangio in Denver is another one of these dudes. Bro, this guy, man. I mean, it's not really on, on Fangio. I think that it's been on John Elway. They just haven't got the quarterback spot right. And for the record, John really hasn't got the quarterback spot right outside of Peyton Manning landing in there. The Paxton Lynches of the world. The Brock Osweilers of the world. Those guys that he's drafted, this kid, Drew Locke, he sucks too. They have not gotten that position right. And you would think with a dude like John Elway, you're going to kind of fall into somebody in this stuff. Now you've got Teddy Bridgewater in the room, and you're doing this. Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, all right, I don't know. Is that going to save his gig? Highly doubtful. You, you could see this guy in week eight getting blown out. All right. News of the day. I had a great conversation because I called Frank Reich up this morning. I wanted to check on my friend to see if he's okay as we're getting word now that he's getting out of the um, COVID-19 protocols and everything's cool. You know, he had systematic symptoms and they put him in the protocol stages of COVID-19, and I asked him how the team's doing and how everybody's looking. By the way, here's, here's the news. They're not going to make any move whatsoever. They're not going after Nick Foles. They're not going to go and do anything to bring Phillip Rivers in. Jacob Beeson is in the conversation in there, okay, the kid that they drafted. I mean, 
He looks okay. But quite frankly, they're not really doing anything. I think they got the kid from Texas in there too. I think that's what Frank said, that Effinger kid um, that played at Texas. I think that's how you say his name. He was drafted late. Um, people thought maybe he would go in the top three rounds. He didn't. So, again, they're just going by committee here. Now, here's what we're hearing. Carson Wentz's rehab and where he is right now, they're saying he's going to be ready for week one. You know, they were initially talking about him coming back in week six. Now we're being told that he may be coming back for week one and the start of the NFL season. That is great news for the Colts, and it's great news for the Eagles. Remember what's all wrapped around Carson Wentz. I know that this doesn't want to resonate with many of the idiots who are Eagle fans, but if that guy does well, you do well. Maybe you could go get Deshaun Watson with two number ones then. 70% of the games, if he makes it to the playoffs, 75% of the games, percentage of plays, if he plays during the regular season, it turns to a one. That's a big deal, man. That's a big deal. Now, you would be picking between 15 and 22, somewhere in there. Still a one. And personally, I don't think the Eagles this year are going to win six ball games. I just don't. I don't see it. I mean, would could they could they split with every team in the NFC? Yeah, they could could they beat yeah, they could beat Dallas. I just don't have a lot of faith in Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was not signed and not drafted to be a starting quarterback in this league. He was drafted to be a seatbelt. The Eagles are looking for his replacement as I'm talking. So if you get a one out of that deal, another one, and you got two ones, maybe you could pry away with a player and maybe a later draft pick, third, fourth rounder, maybe, because I'll tell you what, the stuff they have on the table now is not going to inspire the Houston Texans to move Deshaun Watson to Philadelphia. The only reason you're in the conversation is because of those sexual harassment cases. That's it. Or the teams would be Carolina, Miami, Denver. It wouldn't be you. And someone was telling me the other day, well, what if they threw Jalen? The Houston Texans don't want Jalen Hurts. They would much rather have, if they were going to look at taking a player, they would look at Sam Darnold who was a one, and they would look at Tug of Viola. They wouldn't look at Jalen. Why would I do that when I also could get more number ones out of Miami? Miami wants him. Miami wants Deshaun Watson. So, back to Wentz. That's great news for Frank. By the way, today, we heard also, and Frank was really just pleased with the Ursays, that they extended him. And they also extended the general manager, Chris Ballard, this uh, this day. And I believe it goes out to 2025. I think that's what Frank said. 
that his contract now has been extended to. It's pretty good stuff, man. Because you know why? As soon as Frank Wright is available, he's your next head coach in Philly. The owner loves him. How the hell do you think Sirianni got into Philadelphia? How do you think Wentz got into Indy? That relationship between the owner and the head coach. All of that is the dynamic. You can go back and listen to the interview we did with Frank Reich right here on the National Football Show, too. So we talked with the coach. The coach is saying that Carson Wentz is going to play week one. That's what we're scheduling ourselves for. We're on track for that. His rehab is coming well. Um, He's moving around already. And it looks like he's going to play either week one or two. He's saying week one. I just threw week two out. I, I, I find it hard to believe that he's going to be ready to rock and roll for the upcoming opener for the Indianapolis Colts. All right, we'll take a brief timeout. And we will talk about what we saw a little bit more on Hard Knocks last night. I thought it was really great. And there was one part of it that was really great. I'll tell you what that was next right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. 
is a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Quarters should Jalen Hurts play. How about all four? <laughs> Cancelio National Football Show. How about all four? That guy needs as many reps as he could possibly get. Okay? He he doesn't get, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers, we're not going to play you. <laughs> he doesn't get that latitude. What equity has he built up? Did you not watch that Washington game? Bro, you need as many reps as you can get. I, I'm not saying you're going to play in four quarters, but I'm kidding in that. But uh, how many quarters should he play? <laughs> how many quarters do you – how about this? Let me throw that back at people. How many quarters do you think Jalen Hurts should play? Three? Two? To get the guy into a rhythm? Well, you can't play him because, you know, you don't want to get him hurt. Who cares? Well, then we really don't have anybody. How do you know you have anybody? You keep making it sound like you have somebody. All you have now is a body. Well, he's a two. Oh, okay. And Brady was a six. You ever hear like of overdrafting? How many people, watch this. If you had to redraft Jalen Hurts and put him back in the NFL draft, what round would you take him? Five? You'd never get the value of a two. And they traded up to get the kid. What, what, what do you think you would get for him if you put him out there in the open market right now? What do you think you'd get for him? Watch this. I still think you'd get a one for Wentz, and you did. And maybe two. Look at all the picks that Detroit got for stupid Jared Goff. I mean, Jared Goff did win an NFC championship. Let's not forget that. Dak Prescott's never done that. Right? He's never done that. How many quarters should he play? As of right now, you got to do it. By the way, before I get into Dak Prescott here, I want to I throw this out at you here. So I did release my – let me make sure there's no phone numbers on this. My um, top 16 power rankings oh, – you can't see that. So you have to go over to my – my Twitter feed, it's the FWA, the Football Writers of America Association, and the National Football Foundation. Okay, Each year, they're involved in picking the national champion. And I'm on the committee here, and I'm on the panel to pick Power 16. The eventual Power 16 that the committee votes on takes this poll here, and they factor it in on what we do all year. And I vote each week. This is the preseason, I believe, yeah for the upcoming season that we have coming up in a couple of weeks. You know what I do love about this? My boy Krause and everybody's going to love this. Let's see how many guys have come on the show so far in the top 16. Miami of Florida's Manny Diaz, one. Ed Ogeron is 13, two. 
Uh, Oregon. Mario Cristobal, there's three. He's 11. And Clemson, number one. Dabo Sweeney. Four guys in the top 16 have already been on the National Football Show. How you doing? And you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, how many shows do you know around the country can get that on? And the number one team in the country. Some would say, you don't have Bama number one? No. Not until Nick comes on. He promised me, man, but wasn't able to make it. So Ryan Day, too. Lincoln Riley, he's working on it. But Lincoln Riley asked me and begged me, nothing to do with Philly, please. It's <laughs> a bullshit story anyway. <laughs> anyway, so let's get into Dak here. So I really loved watching him last night. Boy, I tell you, the Cowboys are throwing him out front and center, are they not, as the face of the franchise? The Cowboys do such a great job at marketing that football team. They do. How many times now is this for Jerry Jones and his Cowboys? Three, four times they've been on hard knocks now? Man, that brand is so big. It's so great of an organization. I loved working for them. I loved playing for them. It's a lot of fun in that building. But it's got to come down to stop doing this. Guys, stop being TV stars and start being NFL football stars. When you're a member of the Cowboys, it seems today, it's more important to act like Mike McCarthy in front of a camera. Jerry's actually probably the only genuine dude because Jerry's always been like that. But these Cowboy guys, I'm just wondering. It just seems to me that it's more important for these players to be a, a Dallas Cowboy than it is to win ball games. I mean, eventually, the Cowboys have to have a come to Jesus conversation when we're doing this. You haven't been to an NFC championship game in 25 years. You've won three playoff games in 25 years. Hell, when I hear Tony Romo talking and he's working with Nance, I would swear he was Troy Aikman and had Troy Aikman's resume. And then you look up and go, wait a minute, that guy's got two playoff wins. Tony Romo has two playoff wins in his 17 years. And when that guy's talking, I do this. Why am I listening to a guy that had no success whatsoever in playing in the postseason? And he sounds like he's Troy Aikman. When I listen to Troy, I'm like, Troy, Troy won three Super Bowls, played in iconic games against the 49ers, and was in massive games against the New York Giants. And when the NFC East was a bitch, dude, those Giants and Washington, Cowboy games, those Eagle teams, all during that era were great. That was big pants, big boy football. When you played in the East, when that Aikman team was rolling through it. Remember, it started with Buddy and Bounty Gate and all that and putting bounties on people. And that was a notorious – Jerome Brown knew it. Those things were real, man. Those were fun times. That division was dynamite. 
and tough. Couldn't get through that division without someone getting broken up. That was a significant piece to a team's success. I mean, how many times do you see teams getting broken up in that division because they lost a quarterback, running back, or wideout? That's when that division was at its best. It really that, – that thing was really great, man. It was a great division. So, end of the day, man, make no mistake about it. The Cowboys have to start winning ball games here. They got to start winning. And Jerry, last night I'm watching the thing and I'm like, man, it's like TV stars. These guys are all about like, you know, these guys are all about just being on TV. It's got to be about winning ball games eventually. It's got to be about producing. All right. Hour two, we're going to catch up with our friend Howard Balzer. I, I brought up Cliff Kingsbury too. I want to get his thoughts on what he saw with the Hall of Fame. I also want to get his thoughts a little bit on what's going on in San Francisco. We're going to hit back up on that again, too. Also, a little bit more on Carson Wentz. Another story that came out when I was talking to Frank Reich today. We'll do all that next. Hour two is coming up. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest... Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. 
ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.